You're listening to the Inquisitive Red Podcast, the show that brings you philosophical ponderings of your life from a bird's eye view. Now, here's your host, Shah. Welcome back, everyone, to the Inquisitive Rent Podcast. I'm Shaw, your host. Today, I'm going to be introducing a new segment to the podcast. So thank you so much to all the new listeners, new subscribers. Really appreciated. Very, very much appreciated. Thank you so much. Uh, please leave comments for us as well, uh, especially if you know some of the guests. So that would be really helpful. Uh, just to get your feedback as well, and also your suggestions for people to have on the podcast. So I'm going to continue with all my other segments, therapeutic modalities, and also artist in residence. So I've got a couple of new guests coming in. But today I want to introduce to you a new segment. uh, And that is going to be the medium of spirit. So I will be focusing in this uh, new segment on mediumship uh, and some psychicness, but they are different. So I've got some guests lined up and we're going to talk about mediumship. So I've got some mediums coming on. I have people who don't see themselves as mediums, but as psychics. And also people who may work in a bit more of a spiritual sense, but may not, or may just believe that they're empaths. We hear that word a lot, empath. We will touch upon that as well, but probably a bit more into the psychological aspect, uh, because we're talking about personality traits and things like that. So, um, so that's one segment. And of course, the therapeutic modalities, we're going to go into the counseling psychotherapy mode a bit more as well. That will fall under therapeutic modality. So future guests coming up, and um, I won't tell you who they are just yet, but they're great. And uh, so tune in, make sure you've got your notifications on and make sure you're subscribed. So notifications for YouTube. Uh, And that's the other thing. Some of the podcasts will not be visual on YouTube. Some of them will just be audio and that's fine. Uh, And that's for many different reasons. Sometimes the guest doesn't want to be on camera. Sometimes we're in different locations. It may be difficult. Sometimes there could be uh, issues with the internet. There's lots of reasons why, no particular reason. Uh, But when I can and when it's appropriate, we will do both. As, as normal, and it's working fine. Uh, but we will continue on the path of the spirit in medium or medium of spirit. And so I'm just going to talk a couple of moments about what I do. And I have covered some of this in a previous episode. It was episode seven. It's called Some Threads That Connect Us All. Uh, It's about an hour and three minutes, uh, and that was published in February. So uh, if you go to uh, all of the uh, episodes, you'll find it. It's episode seven. So I'm still in my first year, first series. And I did talk a bit about uh, the threads that connect us, which for me is spiritual. You know, it's the spiritual aspect. It is the oneness or the collective unconscious that 
Carl Jung talked a lot about. And uh, so I'm just going to take this talk and it won't be long, this podcast today, uh, but it will be in sort of three little segments here. And that is uh, the first one. I'm going to cover why I'm focusing on mediumship. So let's get to it. So I thought it was important that I highlight all aspects of my work. So if I'm going to talk about therapeutic modalities, uh, I need to also highlight my what I call spiritual work, uh, the energy work that I do. And I started bringing this into my private practice as soon as I started my private practice. Uh, and that's because it was in the 90s. And really, people were actually calling hypnotherapy, and it still is seen as a alternative therapy. Uh, and it was sort of late 90s where I started to see the NHS started taking on board uh, some hypnotherapy techniques. And then shortly thereafter, uh, DBT brought in mindfulness into that program. But I'll just say that DBT was discovered before then, of course. However, the NHS started using it more and more. So I was working for the NHS at that time. So I got to see the evolution of all of that, which I thought was fantastic. It was great. Um, I think what irked me a bit was that uh, the scientists as such were just learning about mindfulness. Um, and those of us, of course, who've worked spiritually in some way have used that practice for, you know, eons. If you've done any type of spiritual work, you will know about mindfulness. And um, we started to see a lot more acceptance of what we might call complementary therapies or alternative therapies. So in my private practice, when I started in the mid-90s, it was um, seen as alternative. Now, I was doing the counseling as well. So the hypnotherapy was just, um, it was an addition to, it was a complement to the counseling. And it worked very, very well together, which everyone pretty much knows it does. If you've ever had hypnotherapy, it's wonderful, fantastic. I can't talk enough about that. And we will be covering that as well uh, coming up. I'm going to have a segment on hypnotherapy. I'm going to talk to a hypnotherapist. I'm very much enjoying uh, the whole process of uh, connecting with new people as well as people I know. And because some of you have seen some people I've known for years on the podcast, and that's okay too, because they happen to be quite fabulous and very well, uh, you know, very, what's the word, very learned in their fields. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very happy that I've got friends like that. And then some people I've met along the way. So stay tuned. There's a lot coming up. And the spiritual aspect, when I started to put on my website that I offered energy healing or energy work, people did ask, well, what is that? What, how's that work? Are we going to do it with the counseling or are we going to do it outside of the counseling? And I would have to explain that it's both. Um, so with the hypnotherapy, I would sometimes do breath work. So 
as, as well as the relaxation techniques. And the energy work would come in where I would relax their energy. Now, one thing that I did find when I would, because I do keep them separately, and I did talk about that in episode seven, how it's important for me to keep them separate. And people who aren't aware of this kind of work or, or what you do as a medium or psychic, I suppose, um, may not understand how counseling and how that mediumship and psychicness is very, very different. And I want to say to you, it is. So I'm very pleased to be speaking with uh, one uh, uh, medium. So I'm very, very pleased to be speaking with a medium who's coming on the show. And she's also a counselor like myself. So we have the same training as such. And we do talk about uh, how they're different and why it's important and those aspects. So uh, I'm, I'm trying not to say much of what we talked about, but it's excellent. And I think it will help a lot of people. Uh, one thing I can say is that sometimes one, one uh, point that I did raise was that in back in the day <laughs> when I was looking for maybe a psychic reading or uh, some insight from spirit, if I felt as though I couldn't ascertain it for myself, which happens sometimes, I have to say, it's not often for me. I can certainly get my own information without a doubt. Uh, but sometimes if, some, if it's something that I'm too close to and I feel as though I need direction somehow and I want to hear from spirit, I might seek spiritual guidance. And I found sometimes, this is not recently because I haven't, I haven't had a reading in years and years, but I have found in the past that some psychics will start to counsel you rather than giving you a psychic reading. You, you know, if you're psychic, you know when it's coming from them or when it's coming from spirit. You just know. And so many times I had to say to people, hang on, I'm actually, I actually want a psychic reading here or mediumship because you say you do both. So I want to hear from spirit. If I want counseling, I will go and get counseling. I'm, I'm looking for spirit here. So on both sides, for me, you know, for, for a customer or client, if I'm looking for counseling, I know who to go to for counseling. But if I'm looking for a spiritual reading, and by spiritual, that encompasses mediumship, psychic reading, whatever, I want, you know, all that that entails, you know, um, maybe past life reading, maybe uh, it could be um, psychic art is what I want to say. I want a psychic reading. I do not need you who doesn't have any training and counseling to try and tell me what to do in a counseling session. So I've had to pull up psychics in the past and mediums about that. And that's one thing Liz and I discussed. So make sure you tune in for that. Um, so this, I'm bringing that up because the same applies for me and my practice, <laughs> my private practice, whereby if somebody's coming to me for counseling, the last thing that they want to do or hear from someone is somebody go into a psychic reading or a mediumship reading that's just preposterous. 
And so I don't think it's appropriate. It's unprofessional. It lacks boundaries. It lacks common sense as well. If they wanted a psychic reading, I'm sure that's what they can go to, to find. They can go and get. If they've come to me for counseling, that's what they will get from me. So I'm very aware of that from both ends because I've been on the receiving end of it and I, I'm very aware not to do that. But also I have to say I cannot do that. Not once since I've been working as a trained psychotherapist, trained counselor, trained hypnotherapist, have I ever had to struggle with uh, psychicness coming into a counseling session. Never. I have never. And, and now I, in my, this is my 26th year. I think this is my 26th year uh, practicing. I need to count. <laughs> the, the years get lost at times, um, but I've never had that problem. And I don't know why. I, I, I think it may be that it, because I'm very aware of the difference and also I believe, and we will talk about this with the different mediums that come on the show, I believe that psych, that um, spirit work with me in a particular way. So if I'm ready, if I've prepared to give a reading, you know, if you do what you do, because there's a process, we have to prepare ourselves spiritually to do it, then I'm that's what I'm open for. And that's what I prepare myself for a mediumship reading or psychic reading. They are different. We will talk about that as well. For therapy, it's very different. I don't really have to prepare myself. Um, in some ways, I may have to do a little bit of research or I may have to read the notes from the previous week or whatever. But there's nothing I need to do spiritually to prepare myself for that. Um, I The only preparation we always take is, are we okay? Are we well enough? Are we, do we feel okay to treat this client? Are we all right to see this client? Um, you know, I some odd things have happened because we're human and it happens to everyone in my practice. I remember get, having, getting, unfortunately, I got food poisoning once right before a therapy session. And Right in the middle, I didn't know, but right in the middle of the session, I had to excuse myself and run out because I was about to throw up. So um, I had eaten, um, I won't say the supermarket, and I don't eat eggs anymore. I, You know, the weird thing is, as a child, I hated eggs. And then as I got into young adults, I started eating eggs because it was either on the menu or it was prepared for me. You know, my father cooked a lot for us. So, you know, I ate eggs, but I never really liked them. Anyway, I had quiche. I had bought quiche from a particular supermarket, a little small quiche, uh, and I had it for lunch. And by the time I had to get to the sessions, I was so ill, deathly ill, and I had to um, I had to get out of there. So that happened once, but there, how could you prepare for that? There was just no way to know. There was just no way to, all I knew was that I was unwell and my client, thank you, was amazing with it. They were very concerned, very, very, very helpful. Um, and they were fine. It happens. We get colds, you know, sometimes I don't anymore, well, but not speak too soon. But, um, you know, these things will happen. I've been off 
or we we take our holidays we you know so but that that's preparation because as a counselor as a therapist you must do a lot of self care because you're caring for other people so that's important uh but you prepare yourself in a very different way to do spiritual readings and that's absolutely necessary uh for for each and every session that i sit down for for a reading never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button right now thank you for your support you make this podcast possible now back to the show so it is very different um the space that i hold in a counseling session in a psychotherapeutic session is very very different um now the, the similarity there is, yes, I'm holding space, of course, for a psychic reading, mediumship reading, but I'm less in the space. I'm less in the room in that. I am literally the medium where the, where the information is coming through me. In a counseling session, I'm fully present, fully aware, noticing absolutely everything. Uh, I've got little, uh, how do you say, pins and needles on, you know, I've got little sensors up for everything because it's important uh in that session it means everything means something in in a psychotherapeutic session um and that's for the client and for me as well so um i'm not saying anything that people don't already know including people who are in therapy you will know a lot of this and um it's good when your therapist takes care of themselves uh know that it's it's excellent when the therapist cares for themselves uh now with with mediumship i thought it was very important to talk about it because i know there are other podcasts who focus on mediumship um i've chosen not to as a podcast you know i have segments because i have so many different other interests and um things that I do, but also because um, I just, I thought I, I can't really, well, I said I could fill it up with just mediumship and that, but that's not me. That's not what I'm interested in. I'm, I love the mediumship. The second part is uh, that I said I was going to cover in this is that um, we're going to be talking on the show about the differences between mediumship and people who are psychic. Because I believe there is a difference and it will be interesting to get other mediums take on that. And that's the thing. If you've watched any of these podcasts with my guests, we will have opposing views or I will say, oh, that's new. That's different. I've learned something. And they may say the same. Uh, So my I know I've chosen, you know, some people that I know because I know them. But that doesn't mean we always have the same views. A lot of times we will have different views uh, and that's what makes friendship important as well. But some of the guests that I'm meeting for the very first time uh, who've either reached out to me or I've I've reached out to them and they, you know, they, it's important to have all views and we all have different schools of thought on things. And I think that's the reason why I'm bringing this podcast through to you. That's the reason I started the podcast is to just give all views. And this is a hotbed for views. We're also going to be talking about um, the whole issue of debunking mediumship. 
So on that note, though, I recently saw a uh, program whereby uh, people were talking about pressuring, trying to pressure a medium into giving them a reading um, and the medium refused. And I don't blame the medium. When I saw the person's energy who was talking about it, their disposition, uh, their egoness, there's just no way they would have been open to anything the medium would have had to say. So we're going to talk about that as well. Why, you know, and do they, because I, I want to hear from other mediums, do you sometimes refuse to read for people? I certainly have done. I've done so for different reasons, though. So that's one reason. If that person had come to me with that attitude, with that nastiness and that negative energy, absolutely no way would I want to be sitting with them, having my energy open to them. I don't know what's on them. I don't know what's attached to them either. There's something not right. And they could also, without the spiritual stuff, the energetic stuff, shall we say, even without that, uh, just in everyday life, you don't want to be around people who are like that, who are that negative and not open to learning that there's a different way of understanding things. So I don't blame that medium for turning them down. Uh, I would have done the exact same thing. And, you know, it, it doesn't mean that everybody who comes to us has to be fully accepting and fully understanding and fully... No, you, we always say, well, I do. I always say to people, I'm sure a lot of mediums do, I need to have your feedback. Can you understand this information, please? Do you know who this is? I've described them to you. Do, can you take the name of so-and-so? We need to continually through the reading, have that flow and exchange because it's an exchange of energy. There's the medium, myself, the medium in the room, plus spirit, whoever's coming through to the medium, plus you, the person. So if one of those energies is not like the other as such, as the old saying goes, it's completely out of whack. The same would apply for if the spirit's energy was very negative, very dark. Uh, I've talked about this once before, though, but any, any energy, they don't come through anymore, but they, you know, I, I can still sense or feel maybe somebody's very, very dark energy come through and they will be brief with that, with what they say to the person as because I will, I won't allow them to say anymore. Um, and usually I just shut it down. I won't continue with the reading, but I can sense and feel and know that that energy coming through to me is not a very nice energy, very, very dark. That's the best way I can explain it. You can use other acronyms if you wish. Other synonyms, yes, they do. They will apply. Um, but, you know, this is not here to scare people or anything. This is about what's truthful for me as a medium and what you will find quite truthful for other people. Um, so, yes, I saw that program and I saw also an article recently about uh, someone saying, well, uh, a particular medium is using the same tactics as all the other TV mediums. Well, that's just not correct. It's not, um, it's not factually correct. 
because it's not really a tactic. There is a process that a medium goes through and it is the same. It's similar. The way mediums prepare themselves will be similar, but different in, in other ways as well. The way mediums connect with spirit will be similar, but different just because of the medium and whoever's coming through and their guides and helpers. But really, there's, there's a way to connect with spirit. So it's not a tactic as such. It's the way it works. It's just the way it works. But I bring this up because this is a prime example of people just not knowing enough and not open to understanding enough and so caught up in their own egos about it that they're not willing to be open to a different explanation. So, uh, yes, so we, we will talk about this whole thing of debunking and co-reading and what all that what people are implying by that. Um, and, and the final thing that I saw recently was about people putting mediums and psychics into the same category as criminals and crooks and frauds, which is very disturbing, extremely disturbing uh, to those of us who work ethically, who, who charge for our services, yes, because it's our time, but who work very, very hard to work ethically and to, um, how do I say, to be very concerned about the information that comes through. So I'll give you a quick example of this. I recently had someone come to me to have a past life regression. Okay, so that's a two-hour session uh, that I do where I see someone, uh, nowadays it's over Zoom, we do the regression. I take them into hypnosis and the regression to our session. And it, you know, there's a fee for that. There's a fee for all my services. And I always speak to people first before I agree to see them over because I want to understand two things. One is, am I the right person to work with you? Two, is this the right therapy for you? So through all of everything that I offer, the counseling, the hypnotherapy, the psychotherapy, the, the, through all of that, is it the right therapy? So I need to speak to someone first. So through all of that, I want to know, is this right for you? When I was speaking to the person, I just knew that the past life regression was not what they needed. What they actually needed was a mediumship reading, which is only an hour long. It could be an hour and a half, but it's certainly not two hours. I give people a choice. Do you want half an hour, an hour? Because sometimes people will ring up for a particular thing. Uh, and sometimes uh, there, be, there may be a couple of few quick questions. That's a half an hour at most. Uh, and so, or they can have an hour and a half because sometimes there's a lot of stuff. Uh, or they'll have a list of things that they want to go through. So I knew that they only needed an hour reading at most and that it, need, it should have been mediumship. Now, if I were unethical, wouldn't I go for the two-hour reading where it's double the fee? <laughs> it's double the fee. Um, but I knew that that's not what they needed. They only needed that, which was a 
you know, a fraction, significant difference in fees. So not all of us are looking. Now, I tell you what was self-serving for me, what is always self-serving in sessions, just to look at both sides, is progress. You know, the person coming out of the hypnotherapy, feeling good, person coming out of the mediumship, having had some information. And I am what you call an evidential medium. So I give evidence. I give evidence, things that I would never know. Ah, that was the other thing that was brought up about mediums Googling. Now, this is in every profession. A few bad eggs trickle down into the profession. And we've seen, unfortunately, we've had public mediums, mediums in the public eye through the centuries who were found to be dubious and use dubious tactics, if you want to use that term. Um, And so it was brought up that uh, they thought mediums were Googling people. Well, the people who come to me, I, most of them are on the internet. They've got, you know, these are everyday life people who don't have, who don't even have social media, some of them, because I will say to them, you know, if you're happy with everything and you want to post a testimony on social media and, the, and a lot of times they'll say, I don't have social media. These are people who don't want to be in public. If I told how many people I know who are in brilliant work situations, who do amazing jobs, these are psychiatrists, psych, uh, psychologists, uh, nurses, social work who do... But they do not because they work for particular organizations or some of them just don't, you know, mothers, um, teachers. I know people in some amazing professions doing amazing things, but they don't want to be on a podcast, especially not their face showing or their name because they don't want to be associated with it, with anything public or social media like that was me a few years ago. So I'm still, you know. A website for me was a big deal, even doing a website. People find it difficult to believe. A lot of people don't want to have anything to do with being out in the public eye at all. And that just means a Facebook page or Instagram or anything. They, they're not interested or TikTok or YouTube. So I could have other people on the podcast, people I personally know, yes, who are doing amazing jobs in amazing fields. I mean, really good, really amazing stuff. Uh, People in finance, people in aerospace. um, Yeah, there's lots of different people, but they don't want to. And and some of it, I have to say this, um, some of it is because they work for particular organizations and they don't want to come on and talk. You know, they've got to get approval and all sorts of things. So I don't blame them. Uh, And they're friends. So it's not a big deal. Um, so not everybody wants to be out there like this. You know, as soon as I say YouTube, uh, a couple of people that I know have said, oh no, I, you know, I don't want people making nasty comments about me being on the show. And, and so people don't want to be, but they don't want to put themselves up for scrutiny and you cannot blame them because sometimes the world can be a very cruel place. So I respect that decision. Um, So how this ties in is people are saying that you Google people. Well, I I personally, 
I've never Googled anyone. For what? Why am I Google? Why would I Google someone who's coming for a reading? Why would I do that? What, what, what would that give you? Because remember, I'm giving evidential. And, and most of what spirit, my experience has been with spirit, most of what they give me is not in Google. Why would it be? How, how would I know that somebody's, I don't know, great grandfather, you know, I don't know, had built two churches? I, I don't know. How would I know that? That's not up for anywhere. And also what they're missing is practicalities, names. Everybody doesn't have the same name uh, filtered down, all sorts of things. The thing is, as a friend of mine said, as I was speaking to them about this, they pointed out that, you know what, when people are head set against something, they will use any excuse to debunk it, to put it down. And I think that's the case. So even that, that didn't make sense that people would go. Now, maybe there's been dubious people out there who have done that. I think there was a program on Netflix where I read some, they, they found a medium who gave lots of information and they found that it was on a, a public forum or something. I don't know. Um, now, you know, that what, what, what good is that? You know, now, if the medium had trusted themselves a bit more, perhaps they would have been more open to allowing their guides to give them information that couldn't be found anywhere. I don't even ask spirit for that. I don't say, oh, can you give me information that can't be found? I don't, that's not my priority here. Whatever they give, they give. And if it's on Google, it's on Google, but I haven't looked for it. Um, the other thing is, uh, it, it, how do I say this? Um, when the article also talked a little bit about, oh, there were lots of things that didn't make sense in it. Uh, but I think it's always due to not understanding the process. And I'm afraid it's one of those inner circle things, really. It's, you know, a magician never shows its tricks. This is going to be a bad example. I, even as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm thinking, no, wrong, wrong, uh, wrong comparison. People don't give away what they do to prepare themselves because it's personal, uh, it's a process that they do. It's like a ritual that you do. A lot of it involves prayer and meditation. So that's normal. People know about that. But it does often involve other things. And it's not trickery or anything like that. It's like getting yourself in the right mind space. What I would akin it to is an actor preparing to go on stage. That's how it is, except you're not acting. You're preparing yourself uh, for spirit. The audience is spirit. It's not necessarily the client, I'm afraid. The audience for us as the medium is is spirit that come through because I don't know who's coming through the door. I know my client is because they made the appointment. But other than that, I don't know who's coming through the door. And I have no idea what they'll talk about. And so I, I, it just brings to mind uh, one of a recent reading I did where spirit would making my hand rise up. They were just going, yeah, they, they were talking about somebody and saying, you know, they keep showing me buildings and go, uh, there's something about going up or going up a building or going up. And the person just put me out of my misery because I couldn't understand what spirit was showing to me. And the person said, told me what it was. I won't say because it will give away, uh, you know, it's personal, but it made sense. 
why they were showing that to me. It was something it, very interesting. But yeah, it was literally that something going up. Um, so yeah, you, you, how, do, how would I have known? There's just no way. It's so obscure that that would come up. I, I, there's just no way to, you know, and, and, and also I can say this part, um, that information would be nowhere. It would be absolutely nowhere. And I asked her, I said, you know, is it, they said, no, they haven't even applied. Well, they haven't even done this. They haven't done that. And, and I also, I didn't know the names of the people involved. So how would I find that out? I think when people don't understand a concept, it's the same as atheism. So when I have had conversations, but I don't have many, you know, uh, conversations with people about, you know, just because I'm, I'm not going to engage in that about mediumship or anything, um, if I mention, you know, that it is a belief system as well, and I ask if they have a religion that they believe in and, that, you know, nothing's been proven either, but there's different, many different religions that people believe in and different figures. Uh, and so are you trying to debunk those as well? You know, spiritualism is a religion as well. It's a way of being, it's a spiritual practice, just like Catholicism just like Judaism, just like Buddhism, just like Kabbalah, everything else, it's a spiritual practice. And um, we have had leaders in a practice, but most spiritualists believe in Jesus or Christ, or, you know, and, and that's the difference. So there's no sort of Buddha or, and you, for, for, for you to start to, say that everybody who believes in this is a fraud or that, you know, and I know, you know, we could look at preachers as well, who've had dubious practices about money. We can look at all that. I've seen them myself. Um, uh, yeah, lots of stuff there. What they're missing is, yes, in every single profession, there will be people who aren't great and people who do dubious things and people who may even do criminal things. That's in every profession. Go down the list. You've seen it. And that also includes YouTube, I'm afraid. So, and the reason for that is that it's very simple. People are human. People are human. And it doesn't mean that when you become a, what could we say, an architect, that you have no problems, you're straight on the straight and narrow. Doesn't mean if you come, become a biologist that you've got no issues, nothing, there's no issues there. Everybody may have something that takes them over the edge. And so we see, as you say, white collar crime, people in prison for that. And is because people are human. And so that's a human condition that can happen to people. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email us at inquire at theinquisitiverin.com. That's E-N-Q-U-I-R-E at theinquisitiverin.com. Be sure to check all social media, especially the Facebook page, for new topics being discussed. And if you can contribute, please let us know so you can be a guest on the show. Now, back to the show. Not 
everyone because it's not within everyone, I don't believe. The potential may be for some, for many people, it may lie dormant, but not everyone is that way inclined. So why would you purport that all mediums are that way inclined? I take offense to that. I will just be open and honest. I take offense to that because it it judges my character, my ethics, my personality, and who I am as a human being. However, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. (laughs) This is what this podcast is for. So I get everybody's ideas about it. Uh, And so we do have to uh, you know, some people, people didn't believe in psychology when it came out. They thought, you know, human sciences, how is that science? Why is there a master's of art? And there's a master of art in psychology. There's a master in, of science in psychology. Why are they? Why are they well, there, there's research around that. And there is a reason for that. You can look it all up. Uh, but there's reasons for things. And um, I think a spiritual practice. How can you, if it's hurting someone, okay. But, you know, people are allowed to charge for their services. It's their time. It's their energy. Oh, the amount of energy it takes to do mediumship. Um, But I trust it so much. I trust, and I'm a born skeptic. It's something I talk about as well in one of the interviews. I feel as though I'm a born skeptic. And I came to that conclusion, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or so, because I know that I question everything. I, you know, my father used to say, oh, you ask so many questions. My goodness, you just, you want to know everything. And I said, yes, I do. I was about 10 when he said that, but yes, I do. I was asking something about how he put something together. He was always tinkering with stuff. And I asked him, how how does that work at 10? And he said, oh my goodness, you want to know absolutely everything. And he was laughing. And I realized that as a young age, however, it wasn't until as an adult, I realized that as I look around, because one of my cousins said to me once we were driving, I was going, oh, look at that. Oh, what's that? Oh, look at that. My cousin said, you're so observant. It's incredible. I, I, he said, I've driven past that a million times and I never noticed it. Well, a part of that is because, okay, I've driven, I had driven past that as well. But I hadn't been in that area for some time. Uh, and so part of it is because of that, I believe. But I, I am aware that I'm quite curious and I'm, I'm very curious about life, curious about people, curious about things. I like to know how they work. I like to take things apart, uh, all that stuff. And then I can't be bothered. The other side of that is I can't even be bothered sometimes to know it all. Just tell me. That's all I need to know. I don't want to know why. Just tell me. So there's always two sides. I always say I'm a walking dichotomy. You know, know, I can switch and change and that's fine. Um, But I think when it comes to our belief systems, so these people, the article that was written, the interviews that were done, the, the, the people talking on YouTube about mediums all being frauds and they even linked, put them into this um, category of, you know, the New York scammer lady and uh, somebody else. Oh, some of the big corporations who are defrauding uh, and Ponzi schemes. That was it. They mentioned that. I mean, uh, you know, and also I'm, I want to mention this and that 
part as well, lastly on this part, uh, is that I trusted so much so, which is what I started to say, is that I often go to spiritualist churches. I'm asked to go to demonstrate what they call a demonstration of mediumship. So I literally stand on a platform. People I don't know because I go outside of London. I've never been to some of these places. I've never been to the actual church before. And I just walk in, stand on the platform and I give readings to people. You know, I will go to people Spirit will guide me to people and I give a mediumship read. I have no clue who they are. It's public. It's in front of people. You know, I'm putting myself up for scrutiny. And that's how much I trust it. And I do it. And I've done it for many, many years. And it's amazing. It's wonderful. I can, so, so people might say, oh, well, you're strong. You don't care, you know. Uh, or no, not at all. I definitely have to do all my preparation, all my relaxation, all my stuff, because I do get jettos right before I go up. Now, I realized early on in my mediumship that it, some of it's adrenaline and some of it's spirit. So for me, any public speaking, there's a bit of adrenaline that goes with it. And it's good energy. You know, you're pumped up to give the speech, you're pumped up to give the public talk, which I do. Uh, and then with spirit, with mediumship, I get this energy from spirit. So it's my adrenaline plus that. So I could get a little bit nervous, a little bit jittery beforehand. So it's not always easy. But once I stand up there, it's no longer up to me. And that is what I trust, that you, you're not really, I'm giving what I get from spirit. That's it. I'm literally the medium. And my job, though, my job in putting myself in that position is to work because we're working for spirit. They're using us to give this information is to do the work, to be open, to listen, to repeat what they say, not interpret it for them. That's for the person receiving the message to do this. Again, this is a difference from therapy. There's no interpretation in mediumship. Uh, there's no, we, there is no interpretation at all. I am literally giving what I get. Um, that's the interpretive part, whatever they want, to, whatever you want to call it happens in therapy, but not with mediumship. But that's how much I trust it. Uh, and I'm bringing that up because there is no fee. We don't get paid for that. Some churches give you five, 10 pound for your travel you know, to cover your travel there and back, which is a lovely gesture. It's a beautiful gesture, but you're not paid. You're not paid to do it. So we're, we're working for spirit. So this is something these people obviously don't know about because they've never been to a spiritualist church. They wouldn't do it. All they're interested in is putting someone else down for the work that they do. They find it difficult to accept that some people may have some spiritual gifts that they're able to use to help others. And the last thing on that is that some people, oh, well, yeah, the last thing on the whole topic today, the whole podcast is about people thinking that we are taking advantage of people who are grieving. As a counselor who has studied grief, and who's trained in grief therapy, it, it would be unethical in any way 
to take advantage of someone who's suffered suffering from grief. Also, you are not giving enough credit to people suffering from grief. People know, no matter if they're suffering from grief or not, whether someone's real or not, and whether the information they're receiving is true or not, true for them. So if they can't take the information, they can't take it. They're not going to feel like, oh, I'm in grief. I'll take anything. No. How would that help? How would that help them feel better? How would that help? No. They're going to, if anything, there'll be a bit more scrutiny because they'll be like, wait, hang on. She had something in particular. Now, a few things that people do tend to do is they'll ask the spirit They'll say, okay, with this medium, I want you to give them one thing that if they say this. So that happens a lot where it's like, oh, that was the one thing I asked them to say. And so there's just no way to know any of that. And there is no taking advantage of people. you're, You're discounting the public. The public aren't that vulnerable. And somebody suffering from grief may be vulnerable because they're missing the person, but they're missing the person so much, they're not going to just take anything. And they're not just going to believe anything. That's my experience anyway. They don't just believe anything uh, that comes out. It's just you're, you're thinking that everybody's dumber than you, pretty much. And you see, this is where the ego comes in. Uh, You think that you want to debunk people because you're smarter, you're up on it, you need to school people. Well, how about allowing people to believe what they want to believe? And people who invest in things that don't make sense, that's not never going to change. Why? Because we're human. You know, they call them Ponzi schemes. These things have been happening for centuries. It just had different names for them. So, you're not going to stop people living their lives like they want to live their life. If it has consequences in the end for them, that's their journey. Let us be, if we're, if you think we're defrauding people and if you, if we're defrauding people, then let us reap the consequences then. But to label every medium Uh, or psychic as a fraud is irresponsible. It's inauthentic. It is egotistical. It's narcissistic as well. You're saying that people don't have their own minds. They can't think for themselves. And that just because somebody has spiritual gifts, they, it can't be real. You've, you've also lumped them into aliens and things like that saying, you know, people believe in aliens must be, well, that's not so far off (laughs) only because people are more open. Those people who believe in other life forms are less narcissistic. They're more open to receiving new information. They're much more open to the fact that they don't know everything. And that's the key. And that's what's so difficult for some people who have these huge egos. You don't know everything. And you've only got the human mind to work out the human mind. And so you you can only work with what you've got. And some people will believe and some people won't. And we have to allow ourselves to believe whatever we believe. 
if it hurts in the end, yes, there's been, oh, through through the centuries, you only read your history books, there's been deprivation. Uh, there's been so much, you know, there's been uh, people, I've got to be careful with the words I use here, but as we know, it's been destructive. Over centuries, we've lost a lot of people. It's been very, very destructive uh, how some narcissists have run cults and all sorts of things. Very destructive. And yes, people can be vulnerable with what they believe. And that's because I believe there are some mental health things for people. People get drawn in. Uh, people can, There's lots of reasons. I've seen it happen. Uh, there's people. Yeah, there's lots of reasons. That's what I'll say. And you know, yes, if you if you feel that you want to tell someone, be careful, be careful, be careful. I have in the past. I've certainly turned people down. People have had a reading and then two weeks later, they come back for another one. That's too soon. You don't need another reading. Now, there have been times where something in particular has been going on for a person and I have accepted it, but that's rare. It's so rare. It's so rare that that happens. But you, so I warn people, don't get sucked into this because it's not a psychic reading you need. You, you need something else. It sounds as though you may need some real counseling or perhaps you need to be signposted elsewhere. But yeah, don't keep ringing up for a mediumship reading or psychic reading. The, the psychic lines, you know, I worked on a psychic program before. There were people who would wait until I was on to speak to me. There were people who wait till other people were on to speak to them. So people will have their favorite people to go to, of course. And yes, people would ring up. They would pay fee or something to have readings. Well, there's a fee for those services. It doesn't mean it's fraud. Just because they have, there's a fee for services, it doesn't mean it's fraud. You're allowed to charge for your time and your expertise. And there is some expertise with mediumship. There is, even with psychics. So I wanted to cover this topic as an introduction because this is the type of thing we'll be talking about. I, I'm really compelled. I feel really compelled to bring logical, rational thought to the conversation about how this is helpful to people and how it may not be what some people need. And also how mediums can protect themselves from just the nastiness that comes towards them, like these people on YouTube uh, talking about every medium's a fraud or that mediumship's a fraud. If you come to me, I will tell you right now, if you come to me with really negative, nasty energy, I'm, I'm going to pick it up for sure. And I'm not going to give you a reading. I don't want to be open to it. I don't want to be around it. And I think most psychics, most mediums will tell you that. And so that's why they didn't give the person a reading. That will be the reason <laughs> why it's not that. Yeah. And also people will say, well, they don't because they, they, they just don't want to be debunked. No, they don't want to be open to your negative energy. And also it's a waste of time for the medium. What we provide, I believe what we provide is so niche and unique, um, not that many people don't have it. Many people do, of course, uh, but it is specific. It's different and it takes energy for us to do it. 
It takes an etheric energy. It's not regular human energy. It's, it's nothing like that. I can't compare it to a workout. It's not like you're going to the gym. It's different. You Sometimes you feel absolutely like you can't move your drain. And sometimes you're floating. It's like, wow, the energy is so high. But if you connect with someone with that type of energy, it will affect you. And the medium, a smart medium who's very aware, very open, will not allow themselves to be open to that because it will affect them. It may take them a lot of work to get rid of that stuff on them that's been connected to it. So good for the person who turned them down because that wouldn't have been nice. And, you know, (laughs) the interesting is, interesting thing is uh, you can see it. You can see it in people. You only need to see it. You get their energy and you think, ah, uh uh-uh. No, 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 no. Something's on you or something's with you or, the, or there's some issue there. And sometimes it's just ego. Sometimes the ego is so fixated. Their ego is so fixated on being right that they won't be open. You could, you could, from the time you opened your mouth, you could tell them their address, their phone number, their age, what they did when they were six, their mother's maiden name. You could give them so much information. They would still find a way to say, no, fraud. It's a waste of time. And our time is precious. So over the next few weeks, we will have a few mediums on. I will most likely upload every other week. It may be every three weeks now and then. So you may have one podcast a month. I will try and do one every other week. I'm still trying to work that out. I I have to take breaks as well. So what I would say is just subscribe to the podcast, subscribe on YouTube as well, and you'll turn on your notifications and you'll immediately get a notification. I also want to take time to fully thank all the new subscribers on Apple and everywhere else you've subscribed. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening please leave comments because it's the only way we know if we're doing what we're doing is okay. And leave comments for the guests. Also, my social media is posted there. So you can always contact me there through DMs. But I'm open to hear from you. Happy to hear from you. James filters most of the emails that come through. So it probably, well, it might be James who answers you first, but usually I will get them as well. So I will eventually get them. So yes, thank you so much for for listening. I want to say watching, for listening today. This was just an introduction to the spirit of mediumship or the, the mediumship of spirit. Either way, I haven't decided yet. You'll see once it's all uploaded, what I will call it. Looking forward to seeing you all there. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, week ahead. And I hope to see you back.